Welcome to the Mindful Magic Podcast. I'm Katie Hill. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you ideas, tools, and ways of thinking that will support you and your child to uncover your inner calm, your joy default. Welcome to Nicola Snowd, co-founder of When Women Speak, which is a global network of women coming together to listen, be heard, and share stories. Nicola co-created When Women Speak after working as a very successful business coach, supporting women one-to-one in groups, on and offline, and more recently through sellout events that inspire and bring together women from all different walks of life. She describes herself as the loud one, and I'm so excited to have Nicola on the podcast. Welcome. Hi, thank you very much. (laughs) It's so lovely to have you here. We've just been laughing because unlike some of the other podcasts, I haven't really prepared (laughs) for this one. So I I, I think a good place to start would be for you to tell us about when when women, can't speak, when women speak. how ironic exactly I know and my my co-founder Sarah Sanderson she can never say it never ever say it so even the freaking founders of when women speak struggle to say it I don't know why it's such a tongue twister um yeah when women speak do you know what it is exactly what it says on the tin like it is it is the most simple concept of um seeing what unfolds when we simply speak um it's not we don't come with any agenda for kind of speaking up or speaking out or um it's not really centered around you know feminism or or any particular movement even though i guess it's a movement in itself it is simply look what happens when we speak and it's so simple and so profound and i see it everywhere every day um yeah the power in it and it's constantly reminding me and sarah as well to keep things simple that's what's so wonderful about it tell us what's involved tell us a little bit about how it works it works uh in like in person and offline like you said in person and online like you say so um, we have a group of leaders who are normally women who are already entrepreneurs or they're just kind of maybe finding their feet with um, like becoming a, a mom or a parent for the first time and not wanting to go back to work but looking for something to kind of fit in between. There's, we have leaders doing all sorts of things and we support leaders to go off and run their own in-person groups in their local area for women to come and see what unfolds when we speak. They're really normal groups. Yeah, they're not, they could be centered around a topic like business or uh, one of our groups is called When Creativity Speaks because it's all about being creative, like creative expression. Um, but beyond that there is nothing required of you you don't necessarily even have to speak to be honest because obviously the flip side of speaking is listening um so the in-person element is huge and the online element is basically building a community um so we have a facebook group and and you know we have we have a community where we just share what we're seeing in everyday life like we're just showing up as normal women there's no it has to be this way. It has to be that way. One of our taglines, I can't even think what it is now. We don't really have taglines, but one of the things that we say all the time is about the extra, extraordinary, ordinary life. And I think we to live an extraordinary life, we think it has to be a really specific way. Like you have to be kind of, and this is all, you know, mind created is the construct it's thought created right there's no one to blame here i'm not saying oh they're to blame for telling us this is how we have to live our lives but um you know we think we have to be kind of traveling the world and and have this that particular kind of body and speak in a particular kind of way and dye our hair pink and be holding mini festivals in our back garden and have our children running around naked or muddy and that's an extraordinary life like, that's it it's it's wild and free and that but actually an extraordinary life is completely ordinary. We were just talking about it 
before yeah. we put the recording, right? Because I said, how's Cornwall? Because there was this amazing, and I was one of the ones going, oh my God, Casey's just, my husband's for his job and they're, they're picking up and they're moving to, it was like freaking days when you made the decision. It to, was, yeah. about three months ago. <laughs> it was amazing, just like that. And so I'm sitting here going, you know, because my thinking is the same as every other person's, well, we should probably move to Cornwall. We should be living that life. <laughs> that, that is the life we should be living. What are we doing here? And then you just said, well, I said, how's it going? And you went, yeah, it's just, you know, life carries on, doesn't it? <laughs> we did a thing. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it, isn't it? You just, everything just, no matter what you do, no matter what decisions you make, as, as a woman, as a parent, as a, someone working, like any, anybody, life just continues yeah. and it's normal and it's ordinary and that that's the magic that is the magic yeah absolutely that is absolutely magic and it's not even like I got I got probably it, the gratitude thing so gratitude obviously is 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 um a game changer but when you get wrapped up in the story of gratitude, like you have to be grateful for kind of a specific thing in the moment and you focus on that thing to try and eke out the gratitude for it. It's not that. It's simply how you feel in this moment, is it? It's not really dependent on, you know, external physical things that you're grateful for, you know, like the window you're looking out of or the, or the child that you're in the company of. It's right there doesn't matter what you're looking at, where you're sitting, how you're thinking or how you're feeling. It's just there. But that's, it's, it's a, I say that to people so often and, and obviously you like you to completely get this and they're like, but what, what, <laughs> what is there? Like, <laughs> yeah. So we might need to explain this a little bit more because I think um, some people listening might be like, well, hold on a second. But this is like, we talk about, because mindful magic is all about, mindfulness and noticing and being aware of what's around you and and by by doing that as a human you kind of label the things that you can see and yeah you you might be thankful for them and developing that gratitude like you said is is a bit of a game changer when you start to acknowledge and be grateful but yeah can you explain a little bit more like what's the difference between labeling the things that you're maybe grateful for and what you're talking about Oh, I will do my best, Katie. <laughs> um, firstly, I think it's important to point out that labeling is a very natural process that happens. Like we, we, we're meaning making machines. So we just go, oh, that is the reason why I'm feeling that way. Or that thing is that we put labels on things with no intention to do so. You know, we think that there's blame and responsibility on our part or other people's part. And I know it's very controversial to say this, but actually I don't see there to be blame or responsibility as necessary. In fact, I think the more blame and responsibility we innocently place, the more complicated things become. Um, so labeling is a completely normal process. But through the type of conversations like this, you know, you start to see that. You are simply an expression of life in every moment, regardless of who you're with, where you are, what you're doing. Life continues to express itself through you. If I were to get really, really tangible um, with an example here. Okay, so we ha I was having a chat with a client yesterday and um, she was talking about the emotions that she was feeling that day and it was a lot of anxiety around uh, money. Um, and then later on in the day, she had some money come through. So it was really exciting because she messaged me and said, oh my God, can you believe it? This person has booked, I don't even know who they are. This person has, has, has paid a fee that she was overdue. So all this money started coming in and all day we've been talking about how anxious she was feeling about money. So she said to me on a call in the evening, and then my mood changed because I thought, oh, okay, so it's better now. I've got money in the bank. Now she'd seen, and it's very easy to see, that the label was the money and the connection was, I feel better the more money I have. 
I feel worse the less money I have. So I said to her, okay, so that happened at 4 p.m., right? Right about 4 p.m. I got the message. So in the entire day previous to that, could you say without a doubt that you were constantly feeling anxious, angry, annoyed, all of those emotions? Or were there moments when you actually weren't feeling those things and you were just, I don't know, maybe you were momentarily happy. Maybe you were just cracking on with something and completely forgot about the money scenario. Like, were you in a constant state of, oh my God, money? And she went, no, I wasn't. So we talked about how it's the most normal thing in the world to do the labeling and to see a link. And actually, there's nothing wrong with momentarily kind of just buying into that, like, oh, well, that's the reason I feel this way. But when you start to study the actual information that we have based on our experience, it's not there. It's not there. It's just because we, we accidentally place the meaning. And so in any moment, no matter what the circumstance, who you're with, what's happening, regardless of all those things, you are just simply an expression of life. And the reason why I'm not saying you can be happy in that moment regardless. And this is what we were, yeah, we were talking about, like you could be in prison, right? And still like, you'd just be fine, be joyful. It's not even that. You don't necessarily even have to be feeling a particular emotion like happiness or joy because we're not talking about an emotional state. We're talking about a, a constant, you know what a lot of people call it? That constant feeling of okayness that constant feeling of okayness that, that is just there and it's settled beneath the turbulence of emotion. Because the turbulence of emotion doesn't go away. It doesn't. But the okayness stays too. And that's... I, I love I love that. I totally get what you're saying. I hope that... Um, I hope everyone listening kind of was able to keep up and take a few, even if they didn't get it completely, that they just kind of noticed bits from what you said. Because I picked out a couple of things. You've got the temporary nature of emotion, mm-hmm. the emotions and feelings and thoughts, whatever, however we want to label them, are constantly coming and going. They're constantly changing. And that's something that is really important in the work that like I do as well. Um, and thoughts impact emotions. Would you say that's right? Oh, Katie, would I say that's right? I would say it appears that sometimes it appears that way and sometimes it doesn't. That's what I would say. I couldn't categorically say that either one was true because, um, I I suppose because of the varied nature of experience and that, like you say, it's going like this. Um, Let me think of a sticky thought for me. I'll give another practical example. Okay, so a sticky thought for me, by sticky, I mean one that looks as though it does impact how I feel, is family. (laughs) And is, you know, sometimes in-laws and and, and like behavior and things like that. For some reason, I can't, at the moment, it's just, no, if they behave in a particular way, if they say a particular thing, I am going to feel a particular way and that's that. And then other times, no, I, I don't have that association. So I would have to say both right now for my experience to be true to my experiences, both. Yeah. Because you, you could run a risk, couldn't you, of believing that if you think something in particular you're going to feel that particular way and that's like you said that's not always the case yeah yeah and then it's it's noticing that it's not always the case it's so exciting when you notice that it's not always the case like when you have a little insight and you go oh my god I've just sat in a room with that person who who normally annoys the hell out of me and they've displayed all the usual behaviors you know that are, are the worst that I'm, I'm always anticipating and just thinking god this is going to be awful and yet I've been absolutely fine. And you could be absolutely fine and go away and tell the same story. You could say, oh God, I've just spent an hour with so-and-so again and blah, blah, and tell us it. Or you could go, oh my God, something happened there. And I was fine. <laughs> what is going on? And when you start that investigation, and you, you never know when you're going to see it. Like, like, you know, you see it when you see it. There's nothing you can, nothing you need to do about it. Nothing you can do about it. You see it when you see it. 
then you go off and you start exploring that. That's fun and unending and sometimes incredibly frustrating. And then you realize we know nothing. <laughs> so we might as well just have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so that for, in, for parents, that's, I think that's really empowering to know that if you feel frustration, anger, resentment, whatever it is that you feel and you associate with, maybe you associate it with being a parent, maybe you find you're finding parenting incredibly challenging and finding your children very challenging and the behavior is very challenging, knowing that that could change in a moment. That, that's really quite powerful, isn't it? It's, it's so powerful. And, and that exact thing is demonstrated to us by our children because they don't yet have that um, holding back or the judgment of their experience. And so, oh, my, my kid, oh, my child, right, we'll use them as an example at the moment. They're six and four. They are marvelous human beings, two girls, and they are fighting lots. Like their fighting has escalated. Um, so what I'm noticing more often is that when children have, you know, a, a sudden turn of emotion like that and they start fighting, they start screaming at one another. I'm noticing more often because it's happening more often that as soon as that passes, they're best mates again. There's no, I resent you for taking my toy or for speaking to me like that or for, or, or for mummy telling me off because she noticed what was going on. There's, there's nothing like that. It's just, it changes in a moment. They're cool with it changing. They're just like, it's, it's a non thing to a child. It's it. Whereas what I've noticed in my previous lives, um, prior to this moment, um, is that I used to I think what a lot of us do is hold on to the drama, the kind of, I, I'm going to use the word victim tentatively, but I want to say that I'm using the word victim without that passive aggressive blame story attached to it. You know, I'm not saying we play the victims and it's up to us to not play the victims. Like it just is what it is. Sometimes we accidentally play the victim and we hold on to, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to eke out the drama here because, you know, poor me. Now what I've noticed is I can do what my kids do or I've remembered what I used to do as a child which is probably more appropriate and that is as soon as that's gone it's gone it's changed in a second and all is well or whatever it's changed to um I notice maybe that my thinking is still saying but 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 they did that to you and but 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 your child did that and but your husband you can't let him get away with that but I'm not I'm just like okay yeah but it's gone now that the drama's gone. Um, yeah, much like the kids display on a daily basis. Drama's gone. Off we go onwards. I saw exactly the same with my three-year-old and I keep noticing it and she flips from temper tantrum, like extreme big emotions where she's, you know, quite almost aggressive I don't want to say aggressive but it is like she's she's thrashing out and then she'll get distracted by something I haven't distracted her she'll just look at something and like oh there's a mark on the wall mummy <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like what oh I can't keep up <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly it yeah when you you have a horrendous day out like everything that could go wrong possibly goes wrong and then you're kind of at nearing the end of the day and something wonderful happens or they just have a turn of mood and then they go oh mommy this has been the best day ever and you're like what who were you out with <laughs> that wasn't the day but because in that moment it's like all that all there is is that moment to that child and so as far as they're concerned it is the best moment ever yeah, that was the day. It's amazing. As adults, we can really hold on to how the day went, can't we? And then we can hold that even further to the next day and see patterns where there might not even be patterns, but just sort of assume that it's going to be the same situation over and over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is the, the kind of just tightly holding on. And despite, you know, a little a little whisper of, 
it's okay you can just this is gone now this is because we always have that little guidance within us that and and i think you call it your joy default and that's what I would say this, the whisper is, it's the, it's the same thing we're describing there. Your joy default is saying to you, you know, it's fine. And to be honest, even if we're holding on to it, I mean, it's fine because that is the way I operate. And I know the way you operate is that nobody needs fixing and our experience doesn't need fixing. It doesn't mean to say that there aren't things that we want to change or are uncomfortable. There are things out there we want to change in the world. We want to impact and make better. It's not that at all, but it's like, let's start from that. We're not broken. And if you start from wholeness, whether you, so whether you're holding on to emotion or letting emotion go, whatever you're doing, start from, okay, that's all fine what next? What do I want to do next? Okay, that's all fine. What do I want to do next? It's so much more simple than I have to fix X, Y, Z, all of these things about me. I have to be a calmer this. I have to be a happier this. I have to be a nicer this. I have to first quit my job and move and then I'll be happy. It's so much more simple to just say, start from here. Just start from here. Start from okayness. Yeah, start from okayness and then off you go. And then you can just, you can just do things. <laughs> The problem we've got, though, with that is that society is built on negativity, right? It's built on everything being wrong. We need to fix things. Look at the state of the world. Look at what the media shows every day. Look at, yeah, the way that we apparently think about ourselves all the time. Like, everything that we're told is quite negative the education system's wrong you know the health system's going down the drain the government's terrible like so we're starting as a society we're starting from quite a negative place aren't we yeah we i i do see that one of the prevalent messages out there is you you must be outraged and so katie you must be outraged at the state of the government you must be outraged at the way this section of society is treated you must be outraged in order to do something about it or you must place blame in order to do something about it um there's nothing we actually can do about anyone else <laughs> that that's a massive game changer that there's there's really nothing we can do about anywhere anyone else um in my experience from going from a place of the whole freaking world is the problem and I am not <laughs> to somehow, and I say somehow because I'm not taking any responsibility for it, it just happened to be the way, you know, my understanding, my journey has gone um, to I'll, I'll start from here and I'll do what makes sense. I'll just start from here. And what I've noticed is over the years going from, I was a person that was saying, no, you must be outraged. You must, you must be angry. No, the world is tapped to, um, okay, I'll take this action. And inadvertently from that action, it seems to have ripples that creates change. And I see that the action I'm taking now, because it's from a place of, I'll just start from here, essentially me, and I'm not trying to change my attitude. I'm not trying to change my thinking and my emotions. I'm just taking some action rather than, you know, you over there must change first and then I'll, and then, and then maybe I'll do something, but you must change first. Well, now I see that things change quite drastically, certainly in, around me where those ripples hit, you know, and, and I don't know how far the ripples go. Um, but that is how I see we can completely in a very short period of time flip everything for everyone. Like, I mean, really is that sizable, isn't it? It's quite substantial, the change that could happen with just that happening the other way around. So let's take the education system. Okie dokie. Because I've talked quite a lot about it, having left teaching not very long ago. And I have some serious issues with the education system that I... And I know a lot of other people I was talking to Bron Ballard about this, who um, was on a previous podcast. She's a governor at her child's children's school. And she was saying that, yeah, she struggles with, you know, teachers' well-being and the impact on children. And we were saying, what, what can we do? Like, there's and all the testing and, 
yeah, everything that's going on at the moment that is in the news and people are talking about, other than Brexit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we were both stumped as to what to do. We didn't know where to start. So tell us your approach to education and yeah, any thoughts, just any other thoughts that you have? Yeah, of course. Um, so we home educate. <clears throat> I, I always say that and then think, oh, I, well, have you got four and a six year old? You're not really. <laughs> so I feel like a little bit of a pretend home educator because they're still babies. Like obviously, we, you know, we, most of what we still do is play and just spending time together as a family, really. Um, we home educate for the very reason that you've just said that I have and so does my husband have massive issues with the education system. Um, so my first point would be when we're talking about, I think we can misinterpret again so easily and completely understandably. And that's what I did too. The change begins here at us no longer being critical of what is happening, you know, in, in society, actually being critical of what is happening is really important. So noticing, but the weight lifts off that. So rather than, you know, well, the world is going to end and everybody else is at fault. We start to kind of go, well, how can change start with me? Now I see changes starting with us in the way that we very naturally felt inclined to home educate. So we, I think, decided when our eldest was one because um, it just made sense. It was just like, yeah, probably will. No, not, not, not much drama about it really at all. In fact, none. Um, so it, we felt a very natural inclination to home educate and to parent, I guess, in a particular way. Now, it's only subsequently after seeing that that was in our inclination and then taking the action, subsequently then we saw how we were impacting society as a whole and other people as a whole as a result. It's not that we looked out and said, how can we make the change and then kind of rack our brains and go, oh, well, maybe we'll do this. It was, no, what feels natural to us to do? Now, I think... And what, from what I see working, you know, with, with clients and, and with basically just watching humans, you know, um, is if we were all to just take the action that makes sense to us, if we just very, very honestly and, and with, with integrity and probably most of the time, you know, we're scared of doing this, but if we just took the action that made sense, everyone, everyone would be contributing in a massive way to improving society for everyone as a whole. You know, there's the, the um, obviously climate change at the moment. And um, what I'm seeing is there's a lot of my friends who are very inclined to go vegan, you know, to talk about that. Some of my friends are inclined to do the zero waste stuff. Some of them have started switching the toilet rolls and everyone is like doing the thing they're inclined to do. Um, my husband, me, I mean, we're starting to do the kind of products and things like that and the food, but, um, what I've been doing for years and years and years is, is buying secondhand clothes. I, I pretty much exclusively shop in charity shops. Now I started doing that not to impact the environment, but because I find it more interesting. I don't like spending a huge amount of money on clothes. Um, I thought that it was a bit more ethical, but now through the years I've seen, oh, wow, I've probably done my bit there fairly well over the past few years but I didn't even realize I was doing it so it's like if, if we and you you know with mindful uh mindful magic and what you're doing with children it like it's the inclination and then look at the impact that follows impact follows here we go impact follows inclination boom <laughs> that's what I see that is what I see and like I said it's important to be it is important to be critical we can be critical um without placing blame we can be critical and be freaking enlightened we can be critical and be completely in touch with our joy defaults um yeah all of those things so is it about instinct 
I think so. Yeah. I think it's kind of whatever word fits. Like it could be instinct. It could be inclination. It could be, you know, following it in a guidance. Some people might even see it as like, it's, it's God. It's the voice of God within them saying, you know, it's varied so much, I think, but I know that it's something that everybody is in touch with. Um, because without a doubt you could have a conversation with anyone and everyone and they could give you a story about I just did this because it made sense I listened to something within me whatever they call it they will have a time they remember when that was the case if we could just do that a bit more and that is starting from here you know that is starting from right here where you stand we could just do that a bit more oh even just slightly my goodness do you think a lot of us block it out then how do we block it out what do we yeah well uh i think it's a natural process to block it out um it seems to be a pattern sometimes i wonder i had i had the thought the other day uh, you know, we look at the pyramids and, and all the wonderful things they want to be. How on earth did they create those? We still have not got a clue. And I wonder whether our, our humanity is kind of going around in cycles. You know, we get to the point where we're kind of climbing the ladder of like awareness and, and, and enlightenment, I guess you could call it. And then, and then something happens and we start from the beginning again. I don't know because I can't, I, there's no other way for me to fathom how we can get to the point of like doing all of that stuff thousands of years ago and be where we are now (laughs) which is taking action that actually is very unwise and completely out of touch you know for being critical a lot of the time the way that we're treating the planet and the way that we treat people in society and so forth um so uh, beyond a natural cycle and if it isn't that maybe it is simply a case of when we are, you know, a left and right side brain type thing, when we're younger, we arrive knowing completely who we are, but we don't conceptualize that. It's just, I'm an expression of life, you know, and, and, and you only need to look at a child to see that that is the case. And then there's some point, varies in age, where we start to see that as not quite good enough the ego and the head chatter is a massive part of that. I think it varies per person depending on how that impacts your life. I know it probably impacted me more than my husband, for example. My husband's a freaking really the most level dude I know. Um, me, on the other hand, have <laughs> had a very dramatic time of life, you know, because I have found it very hard. And then at some point we pop out and we go, hang on a minute. I've just seen through all of this. This is not the way. I'll, I'll start to go back to the way I was. Thank you very much. Um, that could be a midlife crisis. That could be at 18 years old. That could be at 30. That could be, you know, right before we leave, you know, at 90. Um, I was at a pub a few months ago with, with my bestie and, and we were drinking kind of late there and um, we started talking to all the young bar staff and they were all like 18, young lads. They were lovely. And... Um, they kept saying things that were just blowing our minds. Like I was there like, hello, I'm 33 years old. I'm going to impart my wisdom on you right now, children, listen, and then go off and, <laughs> and apply what I have taught you here. Obviously, I was very drunk. But I kept, I kept finding it didn't matter what I said. <laughs> These lads, they knew what was going on. They were like, yeah, we see it for what it is. We are woke. I was <laughs> like, so you really are woke. This is ridiculous. I'm learning from you right now. It was wonderful. Um, so perhaps that is a little glimpse into how we're getting there. I don't know, Katie. I mean, it's fascinating. Um, it's fascinating to watch and fun to guess, I suppose. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. I know what you you mean about teenagers, though, because I uh, that was the part of teaching that I loved so much was the questions, and particularly with the A level group that I used to teach Buddhism to, and they always just got things like almost straight away, like really abstract. They'd be like, "Oh, miss, it's blowing my mind," and they come back the next lesson and be like, "I got it." 
that's awesome yeah i think it's amazing i wonder whether like in t as a, as a teenager perhaps we all do because we all resonate with that don't we you know like ah, oh, the world oh. and then yeah whether or not that continues on or not but i don't know what that's dependent on you see i think there's too many factors and this is of course if we believe in cause and effect which is a whole other freaking conversation because in, in Buddhism, am I correct? I don't know much about Buddhism, but we are, we are one, right? We are one. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're all connected, but yeah, more than that, we're one. Yeah, exactly. So there can't be cause and effect if you're one. There's, there isn't cause and effect. It's just one being moving together. Therefore the cause and effect doesn't really matter. The only thing that matters is what we're doing now in this moment you know, and what we're listening to in this moment. And that's it. Deep. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> I, I do have, just based on that, I guess, just based on like what we're listening to, um, because we all have... Um, universal kind of thinking it's like i sometimes relate it to like a radio station where we're all kind of tuned into this this chatter this mindless chatter that isn't varied at all like it's not varied it, it is literally the same for every single person i think what changes is the volume of it um but that's it i think the volume also changes depending on what mood you're in you know if you're feeling fairly kind of sad down the volume of that chatter turns up and everything seems like it's awful and then if you're feeling more joyful and happy then the volume turns down and, and you're just kind of moving through your day with ease um and yes yeah, sometimes we tune into that more and then sometimes we catch a glimpse of the the guidance system the the wisdom that we're also always tuned into and it seems as though, and I want to say it seems as though because I, I'm not sure how much how much control we have over, over our action. I think sometimes it looks as though we have a lot of control over our actions. Sometimes, sometimes it, thinks as, it looks as though we have none. But we're taking action based on those two things. If you see that as being controlling the action that we take which may be a whole other conversation <laughs> this is a big one but we don't need yeah. to go there right now we don't need to go there right? like the topic of free will and things like that um yeah yeah i don't think it's wrong to listen more to the chatter than it is to the wisdom because I can't see it being any other way until you realize at some point, oh, bloody hell, there's, there's a whole lot of wisdom there that I didn't realize <laughs> that I had. I might start listening to that more. Until you realize that, what else is there to do? What else can you do? You know, the radio station, as far as you're concerned, isn't a radio station. It's the truth. And so you just, you just keep listening until something happens. You have an insight. You can't help having that insight. You have a moment where you go, oh, my word. That's changed everything. And you never know, there might be people listening who have that moment right now. Yeah, absolutely, maybe. And it's, it's, it's the falling away. It's not really even like you, I think it's the, it's not an adding of knowing something necessarily. It's just like the falling away of the, this seeking for, for a moment and maybe even for longer than that so you start to you start to see that what you were looking for was right here you have you no longer feel the inclination to do things because you're adding to yourself trying to fix yourself or your snark or your situations you are simply doing things because they make sense to you there's there's never any danger in doing anything there's there's never anything you can't do and actually if you don't do it that's fine too <laughs> it's not that doesn't damage you as a person that doesn't make you less this and more this but 
but you're not seeking anymore. The seeking falls away and suddenly you're just on adventures. Yeah? You're just on adventures. You just do stuff. You just move to Cornwall. And like, yeah. on. <laughs> and the point is because you are alive. It's because you are alive. No other point. Because that is what you came here to do, to live. And that might mean making a cheese toasty and watching Netflix. That poor, that is living in a half. That is one, of, honestly, isn't it? That is one of the nicest things in the world to do. Like to have a date with a bestie or your hubs, like, or even the kids, like movie night, cheese toasties, pizza, whatever. They're the same thing. <laughs> bread and cheese. Get some bread and cheese. But you don't have to, there's, there's no formula for life. Like there is none. Take pleasure in the things you take pleasure in. End of. Like, there's no story necessary. Amazing. Thanks. Amazing. What would you, what do you hope for, for our children? Like the, the next generation or what would you, yeah, what would you hope for our children? Gosh. I know what, I guess I know what I hope for my children. And so that can be kind of extended out to, to, yeah. Our, our society um and that is for them to always know that they can be um honest and open to never be frightened of revealing themselves to me or to my husband and therefore i hope because that begins at home to anyone else you know so so if 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 you know we were going through a really difficult time and they're older like for example you know they they start taking drugs or something or, or they have are in a, an abusive relationship or there's just some really terribly difficult situation that they're in um i i would hate for them to think that they had to hide that because of some fear of some retrib retribution um and so for society as a whole, um, for all of us, for our children growing up and into adulthood, yeah, I just want us to be able to reveal ourselves, to show ourselves, to show our true nature and everything that we are in the moment. You know, we, we, we hide things away for whatever reason, you know, what we're thinking, what we're scared of what emotion we are in that moment. And I say we are because I think it's completely okay to just become that, you know, embrace it, become whatever you are in the moment, just be it um, shamelessly. But we try not to be, and it's really hard to try not to be. I don't want to see that in our young people. I don't want to see them doing, it seems what a lot of us have done from whatever age, through to whatever age i don't want that anymore um yeah so that would be it and then i think my goodness what kind of society would that be where everyone is is honest with one another how wonderful would it be if you know it in parliament like if theresa may bless her heart had been able to say guys seriously I know what the hell to do here and I'm really freaking struggling and I might just take the afternoon off and just go get a massage and I'm going to come back tomorrow and could you please help me out <laughs> because this just feels impossible, impossible. If she'd have just had a bit of a meltdown instead of like being so, uh, like she was just like a walking kind of person-shaped ball of, of, of tension and anxiety, which is what most freaking people are. Imagine if she could have been honest and we could have all just given her a hug, said, oh, come here, you know? Right. <laughs> hey, we see you. That's fine. You are a human. Fancy that. Fancy that. Oh, that would be wonderful. That's that, what I Oh, that's, a, that's just brilliant, isn't it? Can you imagine <laughs> everyone just going, going up and giving Theresa May a big hug? <laughs> Group <laughs> hug. <laughs> Yeah, group help. And you know that moment where I found I'm very supportive of Theresa May. I always have been, and I, I'm not. I don't. I've never voted uh, conservative. Um, so I'm not a Tory supporter, but I, I, I can't help but feel that way. Obviously, very also while being very critical of the way that things were unfolding as well. You know, and the action that's being taken. But that speech when at the end her 
throat went and and a sob kind of escaped and and you know essentially kind of just gave the story away like here we go here here's how she was feeling the whole time i thought that was beautiful and that sent a louder message than freaking anything that message was so loud and clear oh that gave me goose pimples <laughs> I want you doing a Mexican wave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just, yeah. I, some things, some, sometimes when you hear things, you, it's suddenly like, aha. And that's, it's so true, isn't it? She, yeah. She was clearly holding back. And that's why people, I think, found it so difficult to engage with her and found it so easy maybe to criticize her as well because she wasn't being open. She wasn't honest. And then as soon as that honesty came out, like, uh, yeah, that's it. There's the, yeah, there's the connection. Yeah. And, and we think, I suppose from a, um, is academic, a neurological perspective, probably for, you know, we think, Oh, we've seen her to be human now. That's what it is. But actually, again, I think it's the falling away of, um, a kind of, uh, it's not that we didn't know that she was human, falling away of walls that I can't, I can't really put it into words, but suddenly we're Theresa May. Suddenly it's like, oh, we remembered we're all one. Like we were never any different from one another. There was another beautiful moment as well, actually. There were two lovely moments during Theresa May's um, <laughs> leadership. And the other one I enjoyed was, um, when Jeremy Corbyn, who, funnily enough, I used to be a massive supporter of and now I'm very critical of. Um, so it's interesting how I've noticed, um, yeah, my, my connection with these people and how I'm able to, because I think I was probably a stubborn Jeremy Corbyn slash Labour supporter and then became much more critical when I realised... I could criticize them and it wouldn't damage who I was. You know, it made sense for me to support at that one time. And now actually, no, I think it makes sense for me to criticize what's going on here. Um, because that just doesn't feel right anymore. So it's that kind of not being afraid of contradicting ourselves, showing up differently to what we previously were. And kids do that too, obviously, you know, they demonstrate that beauty with massive contradictions. Um, yeah, he, so he stood up and it was when he said, I'm going to put a vote of no confidence in against Theresa May, not the party, but Theresa May. He gave, you know, this speech that was, you know, not very nice. And she stood up, bowed to Mr. Speaker and just left the room. And I thought, she's gone to have a cry. And I, I loved that she didn't stay there. No, we didn't see the emotion, but she got up and she left. And again, there was a message I thought of, of no, I'm actually really freaking vulnerable right now. And I do not want to be here. I just do not want to be here. Um, so it's just being, just being honest. It's so scary. I know Brené Brown calls it kind of braving the wilderness, the, the vulnerability. But I mean, is it even vulnerability? Like if we are, if there can be another story there, you know, because if we are simply showing up as the expression of life we are in the moment, like that's not really vulnerable. That's actually simply what is. There's, there's nothing else that we need to call it. It's just you simply are what is. And there goes the drama. It doesn't need to be there. There goes the story, even though you can still hear it, you know, just the radio station. You just are what is, just an expression of life. You're a perfect expression. Everyone needs something else. Yeah. Complete acceptance. Mm, yeah. But the acceptance, it's like the, and you know, the acceptance of everything means the acceptance of everything so it's like the acceptance of all your emotions you're gonna still be sad you're gonna still be angry you're gonna still experience depression you're gonna have horrid things happen in your life that you don't want you're gonna have people being hor horrid to you you're gonna have that chatter still going on you're gonna experience self-doubt and low self-confidence and you're gonna put on weight and you're gonna lose weight and you're gonna make money and you're gonna lose money and, and all these things are gonna happen but it's the acceptance of all of that 
and the acceptance of living that as it is, living it as it is, because no matter how much we try, we can't eradicate pieces of life. Like if you if you learn how to do that, if you nailed it, you'd freaking win the Nobel Peace. They they would invent a new. It would the Nobel Prize wouldn't be enough. There would have to be something bigger to be awarded to the person that figured out how to eradicate a piece of existence, like a piece of experience. We can't do it. It's a fool's errand. So we just, we just crack on being our marvelous, flawed selves, doing what makes sense, eating toasties. Amazing. <laughs> I feel like that is the, that's the perfect way to end <laughs> eat toasties. yeah that's it exactly that's what it is it that's it everything everything that's going in the description of the <laughs> podcast episode <laughs> i'd watch it i'd watch it no i wouldn't watch it no we're not watching it. yeah because i can see your face right now but we can't do that on a pod on one of these podcast thingies can we <laughs> unless unless i put it on youtube but i don't think i don't think i will <laughs> No, thank you. Not with me in my leopard print robe right now. <laughs> they don't want to see that. <laughs> Eat cheese toasties. Yep. You can quote dairy that. intolerant. But. Yeah, and then and then bad news because like alternative cheese, not so good. There's some great alternatives out there, but not the cheese. <laughs> Just have yeah. toast. Just have toast. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, do. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you so much for coming on and 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 talking and sharing. And I've just I've I've like taken away about a million different things that I can't remember now. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to listen back to it about ten times just to take it all in again. <laughs> thank you so much for having me it's, it's been awesome fun and actually yeah I've, I'm obviously feeling very ill today and it's completely taken my mind off of feeling ill so um, that's always a bonus no oh, that's great and <laughs> if people want to find out more where should they go about if they want to find out more about when women speak Yes. So we have a Facebook page, which is uh, When Women Speak. We have a free Facebook community, which is um, a group called When Women Speak. We're on Instagram as When Women Speak Global. And our website is www.sgn.com. So you can go to any of those places. Yeah. And come and join the party. Perfect. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Lovely to speak to you. No worries. Bye. Thank you for listening. To find out more about mindful magic and how you can join our movement, pop over to www.mindfulmagic.info or see us on facebook.com slash mindfulmagicmovement. We look forward to being in touch soon.